Hello and welcome to the Badbadak podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about money. With a few important dates right around the corner and the 2020 recession that has already began, I could not help but to dedicate this week's episode to talking about money. Initially, I plan to talk about a few personal stories about money, including how I managed to work as a waitress and yet was able uh, to pay for my first two years of college out of my pocket without getting into any debt, no financial aid and scholarships. Also, I plan to talk about how and why I got my first credit card. However, when I finished recording the intro in which I talk about all the things that I just mentioned, and when I finished all the interviews, I realized that the episode was just getting very, very long. So I had to make a decision. That was to either keep the intro and cut the interviews short or keep the interviews and cut the intro. Well, I made a decision of going with the second option, which means cutting the intro, keeping all the interviews. I know I promised some of you, especially my fellow college students at UW, to share those money stories, and I will deliver that promise. It is just going to be in the second part of money episode, which is going to be out in the next couple of weeks. This is a very, very special episode because I had a pleasure of interviewing five, you heard me, five amazing humans from Seattle, Chicago, and Denmark. And our conversation was so fruitful and insightful that I did not want you to miss a thing of it. That is why I decided to cut my intro short and include the entire interviews instead. And by the way, my conversations about money with these amazing people this week was a great reminder of why I started this podcast at first place. I learned so much from listening to to these amazing people's stories. I really hope by the end of this episode, you too would learn something new. Before getting into the interviews, I just wanted to quickly mentioning two important dates that are coming up, which everybody should know about, because some or maybe all of these dates is going to have significant financial impacts on us. I'm going to start with July 25th. July 25th will be the date in which the eviction moratorium is going to end, which means if you have not been paying your rent or if you're not going to be able to pay your rent on July 25th, which is only 22 days from today, your landlord has a right to evict you. The second important date is going to be July 31st, which is only 28 days from today, and it is less than seven days after the eviction moratorium is going to end. And that is a day in which the additional $600 a week for unemployment benefit is going to end. And that is going to have a significant impact on many people's finances. The third important date is 
August 31st. This is an important date for those who have mortgages because that is the day in which the mortgage moratorium is going to end. And that is only 59 days from today. The last important date is September 38th. And this is important date for those who have taken federal direct loans or student loans. Because three months from today, which is going to be September 38, those who have taken student loans must start making the payments. Ooh, wow. <laughs> that was a very serious intro. Well, I, I hope you understand that I don't wish to cause a panic for anyone here. Um, I just thought it would be important for all of us to know about these important dates. And believe me, you, with the proper planning, we all can get through this. Okay, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Let's get into the next segment, which is the interview part. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Sayang. Hi. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself to our listeners? Oh, yeah. My name is Shahida, and uh, I am 35 years old. I'm from uh, Malaysia. I live with my four-year-old daughter. And you are currently living in Chicago, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get into the questions. The first okay. question... How is your relationship with money, Shahida? My relationship with money started with very bad because uh -oh. I came, <laughs> like since I was young, mm -hmm. like I was young, we came from the very poor family. Like you know how we live in Malaysia, we have to work really hard, work really like really hard to save the money. Mm -hmm. So. At that point, we don't have a you know chance to spend the money the way we want it. Mm -hmm. But eventually, when we grew up and uh, we came to America, everything changed. Like now, I have a good relationship with money because mm. I'm working and I can save my own money and I can spend the way I want. Awesome! <laughs> I love that. That was like uh, a happy ending story. <laughs> Exactly, right? Do you have any advice, any money advice for your younger self? Oh, yeah. Like, if you have a chance to save, save, save as much as you can. Mm. Yeah, save as much as you can because you never know you will need it. Do you have any tip on how to save for your younger self, like, was there any way, any method, any trick that you tried and it worked and you wish you would have started doing it earlier? Um, yeah, like I said, uh, save money. Like, if you, like, we, when we were kids, uh, you know, when we met our uncles, relatives, they used to give us some, like, uh, uh, snacks money, you know, like, mm -hmm. tips. So what we do, okay, we spend, like, for ice cream and then, the rest of the money we put in a what do you call that a saving box yeah yeah so that what that what I do so you know because I know it's very hard to have money in 
your own hand. So when I receive mm-hmm. any money, I don't care one cent, two cent, three cent. I save. I think we touch touched down on this uh, very briefly earlier. But how has your family impacted your view about money? Um, I would say the same thing that I just said just now. Because mm-hmm. of my family, that's the point of view. That because I saw with my own eyes how they struggles. Mm-hmm. You know. Save money, so I was like, okay, that's really not easy. Has there been anything that this pandemic has taught you about money? Um, yeah, it did. Like, first, it was life is short. Save as much as you can. <laughs> like, it's really gonna help you because this pandemic has taught us like there's no jobs. Mm-hmm. Like. It's like quarantine. Uh, like you have to be grateful. Like if you have saving money in your account, you know, mm-hmm. it really helps you. It really, really, really helps you. So saving, saving, saving. Yeah, pandemic has teach me to be like more secure, more mature, and like be financially stable. I can say. Mm-hmm. Like be smart. You know, be smart. Yeah. Just building that solid saving account already. <laughs> yeah, that's because I know life is short. You don't have much time. You you never knew what's gonna happen next. You know. Yeah. You never knew what happen next, so you have to be prepared. I love that message. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Shahida. You take thank care. Thank you, Maya, for like giving me a chance to participate for this show. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Hello, darling. Hello. Do you want to tell the listeners about yourself a little bit? Yeah. Uh, well, my name is Carmelina Whistler. I'm 33 years old. It's not too old, by the way. No. <laughs> I live in Seattle. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. I recently started working as a software developer. In a rocky start, but it's, it's, it's going well. Are you ready to get into the questions? Yeah. Awesome. How is your relationship with money, Carmelina? Well, I think that it has gone through through all those stages. Um, and, you know, when, when you ask me this, it, just, it makes me think about um, how it has changed over time and how my relationship with money has evolved. But it also reminds me that we all have uh, like a personal story about money. You know, it's, it's the same way we are all different. The same way uh, our personal search with money might differ from each other. But um, I think something that I value uh, about money, I don't know if I have mentioned before, but I was a victim of domestic violence and I... Through that experience, I learned that a lot of uh, victims of domestic violence never leave because of uh, financial instability. You know, they don't have the money to leave. And then what do you do? You know, you are dependent and you're dependent on a bad situation. But um, uh, yeah, I was courageous to leave. And then for some time, I lived on a shoulder because I didn't have any money. <laughs> wow. And, and I remember I was just making $8 an hour, and that wasn't enough. So I just started thinking, what can I do next? What can I do next? Hmm. 
and I was working 20 hours a week, so yeah, wow. that wasn't gonna make it, but you know, uh, during that time, even when I was, when it was little money, I still save it, you know, it's not like, oh, because I have a dollars, you know, I'm just gonna go and throw it all, you know, I give, I give it importance, and I'm like, well, this is what can I save at this moment, so I'll, I'll save that money, and then later I came to Seattle, because that, I was looking for other opportunities, and then I remember I came to Seattle with like three hundred dollars. Wow! <laughs> three hundred, four hundred. How long ago? Uh, that was like five years ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So the high relationship has changed, but um, um, and you know, something that I remember is like I never feel that I was poor. I just feel that uh, it was a process for me to to get where, where I needed, but then at the moment what I appreciated is that I had the independence, like I was, that I wasn't in a difficult situation, and then everything that I did was just dependent on my own effort and not how someone else will take the way that I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my uh, family members, they helped me uh, with a place to stay, and I just started working. I mean, I <laughs> I took the first thing that I could get. It was answering phones. Then I saved that money. I was like, okay, well, this is what I get for now. I'll take, I'll save the money that I can. And then later I found a job at Nintendo. And then I start saving little, little by little. Mm-hmm. Then, and definitely, I know sometimes we're surviving because money can be like, can put you in survival mode. But um, yeah. Uh, during this time, so I just tried to save what I could and think about my next steps. Uh, so sometimes you have to leave simple. Sometimes you know you have to cook at home. Sometimes you need to ask for help. But I think it's important to always keep moving forward and have person that is a. It is a process, and then you you can get help if needed. But also, education is important. So I started looking for ways. Um, that I could give myself better and put myself in a better position, even if that was going to be a long-term process. Mm. So, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a whole thing, but um, I'm thankful. Uh, so it's been ups and downs, but I think I never allowed myself just to stay on one, on one little thing. You know, it's like, you know, what's going to be my next step? Where can I get next? What can I do with this little thing? And, and I think right now what I'm focusing the most is, um, trying to save. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned two things that I would love you to elaborate a little more on. One of them was uh, you said something very beautiful. You said even in those years that you were not making much, you never felt poor. You were always somehow optimistic that things is going to change. What helped you think that way? There are a lot of people who are rich and they feel poor. What made you feel that way? Uh, well, I think that relates to my personal story. Um, you know, I was uh, I was born and raised in Mexico, and mm-hmm. then in Mexico I experienced a lot of violence. And I remember I was also kidnapped. And when I was kidnapped, uh, the people took out my money. Like I was left, <laughs> I was left on the street with no shoes, no wallet, no phone. Wow, how old are you? <laughs> they took my jacket. I was twenty four. I think I was twenty four, twenty five. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I was twenty five, 
and I really had no money. Like I was like, well, all this money that I've been saving and putting on my bank account, it just went on like the two or three hours that they kidnapped me. They, they call it express kidnapped. And I was like, wow. <laughs> express kidnapped? <laughs> it was express kidnapped. Oh my God. I took a cab and then these people got in and they took my bank my, my cards and then uh, you know, I gave them the PIN number, so they go up to my bank accounts, and yeah, the rest is just story, but, um, you know, during that time, I was thankful to be alive. <laughs> I was like, well, it sucks, but you know what? I'm alive, and, and if I'm alive, I, I can't keep going. And yes, you can feel sad, and that's just, just a normal feeling, but you don't have to hate the situation. I think that as long as you have yourself... And then you are you and you're present and you understand that all situations change. Really, the only constant is just, is just change. And um, it is important to give yourself the opportunity to, to keep going. And whatever you do, it's, uh, it's something that you change in yourself. And it's hard, you know, it wasn't easy. Of course, I was like, oh, this is my bad luck. What did I do? But sometimes... Um, you know, that doesn't help. So it's like, well, you know, I know this is bad and I accept it. I, I learned, but I'm also thankful to be alive. And the thing that I can do to help myself is just, just keep it going. So um, I tried to find another job. And I remember I asked for some, some friends for some money. I was like, well, you know, I just need some money to go buy and to eat. And I'll start looking for a job. And mm. so that's what I did. That's amazing. What a, what a great story. And another thing, the second one, um, the second point that I found very interesting was that you mentioned during the time that you were not making a lot of money, you still managed to save. You tried your best to save. I know for a lot of people, the biggest challenge of building a saving account is that when you are living paycheck to paycheck, it's just harder to, to, to save, period. But you mentioned that you managed to save as much as you could, even during a time that you were not making that much of money. What sacrifices in that in those time did you have to make in order to save, even though you were not making enough money? I mean, that also involves my situation. You know, I was single, I didn't have kids, so I knew that I could put myself on, like, what's the cheapest place that I could rent where I would be safe. Um, so I just rented a room. You know, I, I rented a room that was okay, nothing too fancy. It's mm-hmm. small and good enough to get me through. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to save uh, money rent or try to get, you know, a small space. And I was like, okay, well, that gives me a little bit more room. And for me, it was, uh, it might sound very simple, but I will cook my food at home and I will bring my coffee and I will bring my lunch. Mm-hmm. And and I will um, also uh, get some assistance for the bus ride. Uh, like here in Seattle, you can get like a half fare or like a mm-hmm. discounted fare if you don't make that much money. So I did that. I just wouldn't maybe be buying new clothes or things like that, but definitely cooking at home and be mindful. It was just the priorities, you know? Mm-hmm. My food, my rent. My food, my rent. Simple things. Mm-hmm. Keeping Keeping things simple and, you know, the fancy things might come later, but uh, I think okay, I really save my money and renting a small place. Do you have any good money advice for your younger self? Well, I think 
<laughs> but then we just like trust issues. But like uh, my younger self will be will tell me to not be too dependent on other people. So if you can start maybe working early or creating a business earlier, I think that I uh, will have done that. Um, definitely spending less money on clothes or like um, I feel like sometimes or money decisions are made uh, on emotions like oh I want to look good like or I want to look like I'm not broke or I want to have this or that and those things are not essential and I found myself uh, sometimes spending money on things that I really didn't do so um, what I'm doing right now is just like see how I feel before I make a money decision like what am I buying this or what am I spending this money because like I feel like I want to prove something I want to show something that I'm not or like I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling lonely or like I'm feeling uh, you know uh, I, I don't know like any other sort of emotions but uh, I do remember sometimes I was bored you know we're all bored and then we go on and shop so we can always resell those items, but I think, uh, yeah, think think how you feel before you make my decisions. So how do you think your family has impacted your view about money? Um, well, <laughs> I didn't grow up very rich, as I mentioned, like I grew up in Mexico, and I think my dad, um, like, we used to have, I don't know, a good job, but like nothing. Like we could have like vacations all the time. Um, so we just had enough to to pay the place where we live and food and get us um, transportation to go to school. But I think something that Dad taught me, uh, even when it was simplistic and they never had vacations or fancy things, was to not get in depth. Uh, even at that moment, my parents could just have like get a lot of credit cards or like spend more money. Uh, my mom was told me like, well, you know, I might not be able to afford those things, but I'm also really happy that I'm not in debt. And mm, I think it's important to not um, to not own more money than you earn or you currently have. And it has stayed with me forever. <laughs> You know, like, you know, I think uh, I'm more conscious on the debt that I take. Mm-hmm. So even if I get like, I don't know, for me too much is getting a $10,000 uh, credit card. I would be like, mm, you know, I know I can spend it, but uh, I, I, I won't do it. Unless, you know, buying a house or like something like that. But uh, it can be tempting, but I, I resist. I absolutely resist. No or more, no all more money that I, you know I can't pay. That's smart. So, what has this pandemic taught you about money? Mm, well, I mean, to be honest, it hasn't uh, impacted me a lot financially, but I can see we're going to experience the financial impact. Um, a lot because a lot of people is unemployed right now so what i've been trying to do me that i'm in a position where like okay i'm still getting 
I'm still getting money. I've been trying to share, like, not, not with all of my friends, but, like, I know my family needs money, so I've, I've been sending them money just to make sure, like, they have the things that they need, and I've been trying to uh, donate money to associations that I think they're helping, mm-hmm. not only with the pandemic, but also with the social issues that are going on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can only reach so far, but um, also I've just been trying to to save to save a little bit more and um, try to live try to live in the present. But um, something that is on my mind is like okay, now that I'm in this position that seems stable, uh, how can I think uh, about the, the future where I'm not dependent on a job? You know, because all of us were so dependent on our jobs, and and now that we're like living through this pandemic, and then like, well, what do I do now? How can I sustain myself if money is not available immediately? You know, maybe mm-hmm. you can think about to grow some food in your garden or go to like the public patch. You know, that, that can be an option. But also, it's like, oh, how can I make myself some assets? How can I invest the money? Or maybe, you know, I might not be able to buy a house here, but I might be able to buy a house in Mexico where I can rent it or some other place where I can own an asset and start, like, having um, some side income. And mm-hmm. also, you know, not to be selfish, um, I have never aimed to be rich. It is not my goal in life, but I am, yes, to, to be stable, but also help other people. So I, that's something that I want to look more into, it, how my position can help other people or how can I advocate for other women that want to educate themselves. So that's something that I'm still exploring and I just think that we just have to hold tight and, and get through and help each other if we can because the world has get very different really quick and we cannot give up. We cannot give up. Excellent. Thank you so much, Carmelina, for being on the show today. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for inviting me. Hello, darling. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Awesome. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Um, well, my name is Alex again. I'm... 30 years old. I live in an apartment building. Um, I have a roommate. Um, yeah, I'm single. And, and you live in... Oh, yeah, that was very important. Thank you for adding that piece of information. She's <laughs> single. You heard that. And you live in Seattle. Yes, I live in Seattle. Okay. Are you ready to get into the questions? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. How is your relationship with money, Alex? You know, my relationship has always been an interesting one because I didn't have a lot of money growing up, like, as a kid. So as soon as I got my hands on, like, a decent amount of money, I think I, instead of, like, saving or anything like that, it was more of a reckless relationship that I have with it. And Mm. I still struggle a little bit. Next question. Do you have okay. a good money advice for your younger self? 
man, I'm still learning. <laughs> I wish my older self would tell me what to do. Uh, but no, I think that I would say adapt a more minimalistic lifestyle because mm. I used to, I'd ne- I've never been a hoarder per se, <laughs> but I would, like, again, I would go to the store and if I saw this little thing that I, you know, my little thing, like a little decor thing, I would get it if I liked it, you know? Or if I saw a shirt that I really liked and even though I already have a very similar one, I would still buy it. I would say to my younger self, like, chill, bitch. Chill. (laughs) And buy only what you absolutely really, really want and you can imagine having for years. Next question. How has your family impacted your view about money? Um, I think that my dad is the kind of person that saves money like crazy. And he's very careful with how he spends it. And he's, um, I think that was a huge impact, obviously, from what I just said earlier, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> I did learn from him to be more, to be responsible about what I'm doing with my money, even though I, I've struggled to actually do it, but overall I think some stuff has stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to my mom, for instance, my mom actually grew up very wealthy, mm-hmm. and my mom has a less attachment to money. For my mom, um, money is not the what's important in life. Mm. So my mom is more like, oh, you want to go do that? Do it. Here you go, you know? So I think from both of them, I want to take in a combination of both things. Like I want to be responsible with my money and, you know, whatever. But I also want to live a little <laughs> and enjoy the good stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So like a good combination. I think they both had an impact on me. I'm still working on being more on my dad's side, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. Uh, next question. What has this pandemic taught you about money? Oh, okay. Um, have at least three months of rent saved money rent if that makes sense like mm-hmm. not necessarily to pay for rent but like have you no know, in fact maybe not even just rent but have like three months worth of spending money mm-hmm. you know from rent to bills to food i think that that is what this whole thing taught me is to save so um have savings don't go nuts. I, I don't believe that you should have the crazy amount of savings, even though for a time, right, it's amazing or whatever. But I also feel like you die and then you know, didn't get to spend your money, mm-hmm. you know? So whatever you do, save, but don't go, like, nuts and not enjoy life because of all the savings, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it did. If, if I'm going to summarize it, save. Mm-hmm. Save at least three months worth of, to le- at the least, I think, I guess I guess it is true, 
but maybe like three to five months of savings will be really good. Mm-hmm. You never know. Great. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for no, thank- sharing your thoughts and answering all these Absolutely. questions so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting Absolutely. because everybody had the same answer to the last question. What? Really? Yes, Alex. Everybody said the same oh, thing. Yeah, I believe you. And I believe you. Because yeah. I feel like none of us have ever seen rainy days like this ever before, Alex. Can you imagine like what in uh, not in our wildest nightmares we could have seen that we get to a point in which all the restaurants in entire nation have to shut down. <laughs> that right. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it has been definitely a... For, for, well, no one expected it. Nobody was really prepared for it, um, unless you were filthy rich. But that's not the case for most of us. And I think it's been a unique experience. Shitty experience, horrible, but also it taught me many, many lessons and money was just one of them. So I think that, um, you can't ever be too prepared, but also there's going to be things in life that you're not going to be prepared for, mm-hmm. you know, and that they have to happen in order for you to learn that, that lesson. Thank you so much, Alex, for being with us today. My pleasure. All right, before getting started with my next guest, I just wanted to apologize for my morning froggy, fuckity, fucked up voice. I had to wake up super early to make this interview happen because my next guest is 5,000 miles away from here. And consequently, living in a different zone. Also, she's living a very different reality than all of us in this part of the world. So I cannot wait to hear her answers to my following questions. Let's get into it. Hey. Hello, darling. Hello. Before getting into the questions, would you like to tell a little bit about yourself to our listeners? My name is Sandy, and, well, this is my first time on this podcast. Yay! Um, (laughs) I'm 28 years old. I'm living in Aarhus, in Denmark, and I study uh, business and IT, and I also work two places one where I work with IT development and another where I do resource planning. And I go to school without paying tuition because we're lucky like that here. Duh. But I do have my own expenses. <laughs> uh, I do live by myself um, in a one bedroom amongst my 50 plants or more. I haven't counted since. <laughs> Love it. So you're a plant mom. Yeah, that's my nickname. And this is your second bachelor degree, right? Yes. 
It is. What was your first I, one? The first specialist degree I, I did in industrial design, I actually also did a graduate level, but I never finished it because I dropped out before um, the master thesis because I wanted to pursue in IT instead because that was where my passion lies, so or is. That's where it is now. Um, so I took a, a tough decision on that, knowing it would hit me economically uh, bad and also some self-esteem and all that, you know, not being able to uh, finish uh, a graduate level, uh, choosing to drop out. But yeah, learned a lot about that and now I'm happy about where I am. That's awesome. All right. So are you ready to get into the questions? Sure. Shoot. Okay, so the first question, how is your relationship with money, Sandy? Oh, um, relationship-wise, it's pretty neutral. It's not bad or good. Um, I do have a healthy relationship to money. Um, I do a budget, and that helps me keeping tabs on how much money I do spend uh, on, you know, the houses and, and stuff and food. Um, trying to keep it under so I don't um, go in minus or if I do want to spend more I do then I know I have to work more so I can do that mm-hmm. so it's pretty healthy and um, I'm being I'm able to save up a little bit a month um, towards my future so it's pretty healthy yeah mm. if you have to give one money advice to your younger self what would that be Mm, that's a tough one there's a lot of them um (laughs) (laughs) well when i was younger i think i spent money on filling the void in myself so i think i would say that instead of thinking that things or experiences would fill the void inside yourself instead of thinking that can be filled with that then maybe Mm -hmm spend money on something that actually fills that void instead of taking like you know whatever around the world that people think would feel great to have or to do but do what actually feels great for yourself and spend money on that instead that's what i would say to me wow sandy that was so profound that is so deep. <laughs> I mean, I'm like still processing all that. So can you like elaborate a little bit more? You said you would spend on things to feel a void. For your case, what was um, that you always used to spend on? I was spending on things like I bought an expensive uh, computer instead of just buying one that is suited for my needs mm-hmm. or uh, spending on experiences with people like alcohol, like going out or like that, that was expensive and it didn't give me anything back. Mm-hmm. Uh, or playing that I had enough money to, you know, give dinner or something like that, even though I was struggling to make ends meet. So there was some certain things that I did, like I was out traveling, but I didn't go to the destination that actually... I mean, I still enjoyed the the whole travel thing, but I didn't get as much much out of it as if uh, if I actually spent it somewhere else. Um, but because it was a destination of 
you know, what people talked about, then I had to see it and it was just not for me. I've been through um, some stress as well uh, regarding not having a job for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I had uh, a saving that could cover me for that time, but I just didn't know how long I would be out of job. So in that way, I let money control my circumstances too much, like my psychological, even though, it, you know, if I look at it now, it's just a tool to give me a roof over my head. And mm-hmm. so if I could, I wish that my mom maybe taught me about money in that sense. Um, what I learned about money from my mom was, um, I think she, she just let me having my own experience with it, even though she tried to tell me like, stop spending on blah, 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 blah. But I didn't learn from her saying that. But Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. And that brings us to my next question. So you can elaborate a little more on how your mom uh, impacted your view about money. And the next question is literally that. How has your family impacted your view about money? Yeah. Well, practically, I I was born into a family without money. Um, My mom had to work hard to make us having a a certain lifestyle, like a standard lifestyle, Mm. not good, not just okay she worked hard for that but she never made never made me feel like we were poor at all but when i look back i can see that like we were poor as fuck i was born in thailand and i lived there for until i was 10 i moved to denmark when i was 11 with my mom Mm -hmm. Uh, she got a job and so on Uh, when i got here a couple of years in i realized that there were differences between people with you know because uh it was so what people talked about Mm -hmm. not talked about what they showed like they had money they could do stuff and so on and that was normal for them to do and i was like whoa but that is so much for our, our family i just starting to realize that there's differences in how much money people had in different family but my mom never never really taught me that there were differences like that like she she just never made me feel like we were less at all never Mm. um yeah but i also i've been um really good at saving up my mom taught me to save up by um doing some stuff like work the cleaning and i would get paid for that so i also learned the value of money in in that sense that i'm giving my resources to trade for something that i could you know for money that i could trade for something that i want like candy um Mm. but i would never buy candy for my own money Uh, i would save them up but then i would ask my mom for money for candy (laughs) (laughs) wow you were so smart yeah (laughs) yeah but but i um but I don't know. I still got them. Uh, I never asked for more than what I wanted. Like, so let's say it costs $5 for something that I wouldn't ask for 10. Um, and my mom knew that I just, you know, she paid me for, let's say, cleaning uh, the dishes. She, she paid me maybe $10 and she knew that I would put them aside and I would ask her for candy money 
um, <laughs> and we're still, yeah, because I, um, she saw that I learned the value of saving up and that was the point oh. and that and the value of just being honest and asking, because if I didn't ask, I wouldn't, you know, uh, know if I could get the extra money. Sometimes I would get a no, actually. And then I wouldn't buy the candy and then I would realize, oh, I didn't want it that much. So it, it was a great way of her to teach me that. What has this pandemic taught you about money? That I'm super privilege to be able to keep my job and actually doing some of it from home but also that really powerful people that runs the country doesn't care about people they mostly care about the money and the numbers to save the people they had to let go of gains and profits and they couldn't let that go and it's so funny to think about how money was created you know, by ourselves, the human who created the money, and we let people die because of it. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to let, to you know, that's what I learned, that some people would put other people's lives on, you know, on the line for money. numbers. Yeah, the whole lockdown thing, there was so much debate back and forth about how to do it and when to do it instead of just doing it because of, the health of the people or just you know not letting it spread it had a certain timeline but money was the only thing that stopped it from saving people and i'm pretty lucky i live in a country that closed down pretty quickly mm-hmm. so we be under lockdown for three months and everything is now back to almost normal i would say like 90 percent. so i think that's what I learned from the pandemic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sandy, for being in the show today. You're welcome. It's, it's been a very lovely conversation about something that is not so nice to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you take care. And you too. Thank you. All right. I have another guest on the show today, Isadora from Chicago. Hello, darling. Hi, Maya. Would you like to get started by sharing a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Isadora, 27 years old. I live in Chicago, living by myself in studio apartment. I'm studying for BS Human Resources, being, being out of pocket. I work in hospital as phlebotomist. Awesome. So I have four questions for you. Yes. So Isadora, how is your relationship with money? I'll say I'm financially unstable because of personal expenses, tuition fee, paying rent, and other miscellaneous fees. Mm -hmm. Um, How has your family impacted your view about money? So they've been telling me to save so I have something for emergency purposes, mm-hmm. but that is really hard to do right now, just because I feel like I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Has it become particularly harder recently to build up your saving, or you were struggling before the pandemic as well? I think it's the same. Okay. But right now, during the pandemic, I learned that I could save more 
Do you have a good money advice for your younger self? Spend only when necessary and uh, leave something for yourself. Like save more if you can. What has this pandemic taught you about money? Cook your own food than going outside at a restaurant. It can save you more money. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, Maya, yeah. thank you. All right. That is all, guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to me for any feedback, comments, or questions at budbudekpodcast at gmail.com. It is B-U-D-B-A-D-A-K podcast at gmail.com. Take care. Until next week.